everybody. Welcome to the second ever episode of In the Study with Jack and Ben. What's going on, people? I'm, I'm Ben Marcoulier, and I'm accompanied here with my good friend Jack Higgins. Yes, sir. And uh, we got a pretty fruitful episode for you guys. A little more direction this A little one. more direction, yeah. Mm-hmm. Last time was a bit of free form, just bouncing off ideas with each other, but we have a structure today, and we're excited to get into it. So, Jack, how was your day today? Let's start I, with that. I had a pretty good day today. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice and relaxed. Good Friday. Glad the week is over. Not that it was like a super long one, but you know. Just, just glad to be here. Me as well. It's always good talking with you, buddy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I myself, I had a fairly good week as well. I went by quick, and um, oh, it did, yeah, it, yeah. Good thing I, I was able to watch the Masters yesterday and today. I'm important excited to research. Finish. Yeah, important, I'm, important research. I oh, we'll get into that as well. That's one of our topics for mm-hmm. today. But I'm just excited to be into golf again this year and just to really get going with it. But Jack, I say you bring us into our first topic. So before we get into the the meat of today's episode, Ben, we didn't we left something open last episode. What did we leave something open? We didn't cover your Mount Rushmore. Oh my music. Mount Rushmore for music! Oh my goodness! Okay, okay, okay. So you want me to get my Mount Rushmore? Let's go. All four. Alrighty. Ooh, you put me on the spot right here, dude. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go for rap. I'm gonna, for rap. Uh, I think Kendrick Lamar is the greatest rapper of all time. Of all time. Of all time. I think Kendrick Lamar is his vocal inflictions, along with his discography, is un, is just you can't compare it to any That's other true. rapper. I've never seen someone release "Good Kid, Mad City," and then to follow it up with something even better. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. So Kendrick Lamar is definitely on there. You have Kendrick Lamar. Um, I have a really, really soft spot for this Japanese producer, Nujabes. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2010. Rest in peace. But um, he was my number one artist on Spotify last year. I listened. Wow. Yeah, I was like point, I was in point one percent What's of his genre list. type? It's like Japanese. It's not Japanese, but there's some aspects of Japanese mm-hmm. music, but it's um, jazz, chill hop. Like, he's a producer, so he makes beats, and then he also okay. has some guest MCs on there as well. That's cool. Yeah, it's so like lo-fi and stuff like that? Sort of. Right oh, uh, yeah, but it's like jazz hop. It's, oh, cool. It's a little more direct and lo-fi like mm-hmm. lo-fi it could be background music but this seems more in tune with the ear i guess i don't really know how to explain gotcha. it so we have new jobs kendrick lamar Oof. this is tough dude this is tough because obviously my mount rushmore change it fluctuates it always does it always fluctuates so you want me to give me an all time or my right just go right now just right, no, no, oh, just right go, now? let's okay. go in the moment let's keep oh, it all right no then scrap the those two on. scrap those two scrap those two yeah we're going oh, okay. my mount rushmore right now we got yeah. number one denzel curry he just released melt my eyes oh. see your future such an incredible project mm. um i really enjoyed seeing denzel curry kind of um open up his heart because mm-hmm. I, I watched an interview with him this was this one of his first projects where he actually got to speak from the heart and not feel scared mm-hmm. um, to release what he was actually feeling so Denzel Curry Black Country New Road oh my goodness they are um, like a neo rock type interesting band. I don't know how to explain it they're like Black Midi if you okay. ever listen to them but my goodness man their album it, um, Ants From Up There it made me cry it made you it cry it made me cry first that listen like made me cry it hits like that dude it hits like that. So we have, I'm gonna uh, have to check that out. You will have to check that out. You that much. I will. Uh, Denzel Curry, uh, Black Country, New Road. Mm-hmm. Two more. Two more. Um, we're gonna go with Uyama Hirodo. He's he was a friend of Nujabes. Okay. In another um, uh, jazz hop producer. He's wonderful. I mm-hmm. love him. I think he's better than Nujabes. Hot Interesting. take. Hot take for those who know both. So we have three right now and one more. Um, this is tough, dude. Who have, who have I been bumping recently? Oh, Playboy Cardi. 
I'm a Playboy Cardi fan. You are. I, do, I, I love did. I remember Playboy when you went to that concert. Oh, Playboy Cardi concert. Oh, dude, it was so awesome. Didn't you, you got sick, didn't you? Oh my goodness! After the concert, I thought they thought I had mono, the flu, COVID. I got COVID tested a couple times. I got two PCRs, dude. It was bad. That's crazy. I was sick for well, like two weeks straight. You didn't show up mm-hmm. to school the next day, but you said you weren't going to do that anyway. And then yeah. you were like, you came back and you just. I was were dead. Wild. Looking. I was dead. I have never been that sick in my life Wait, before. Crazy thing. Yep. Were you sick in the time period before I got sick? Was that that same time period, or am I misremembering? No, it's the same time period, but That's it wasn't crazy. COVID. I know it wasn't. It was, it it was, was completely it was, unrelated things. No, remember, I came, and mm-hmm. we recorded right. um, the English Project, The English project, and I had I was triple masked yep. with gloves because I felt so sick, Yes, and I was still waiting on a PCR test. Mm-hmm. I got a rapid negative, but yeah, dude, that was bad. Yep. I was so sick. Well, I didn't... I had gotten sick from somebody else. I know exactly where that was from. Uh-huh. Everything. So, um, it, it was, I know it wasn't you, and I yep. know it was. I just it was just funny that those things lined up like uh-huh. that. Yep. All right, there's there's your Mount Rushmore. There's Blue my Mount Rushmore. Blue sends are tied up. We're cool. We are. So, uh, you want to just get, dive right into it? All right, guys. Yes, we are. Our main topic for today is we are going to gloss over both of me and Jack's fascinations with professional athletes. Mm-hmm. More specifically, my infatuation with Tiger Woods right. and Jack. And then I'm looking at Michael Jordan with my very basic and rudimentary knowledge of him, but also in the same strain, uh, Kobe Bryant, sort of the lessons and, and morals that they, they teach because of being such high-quality masters of their craft. So I want to start with Tiger. I'm you want to start with honest. Tiger? I'm going to be 100% honest. With uh, the Masters and everything. With the Masters this week? Yeah. All right. So I'll start with what's going on recently with Tiger. Right. All right. Well, no, I'll start off with how I came to love Tiger. That's good. That's a better. That, yeah. Okay, so last summer I got really, really into golf, not only playing it but the professional scene. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I wasn't a fan of the sport. I thought it was long, boring, like what many people say about baseball now. Right. I thought, like, it's on the TV, like, oh, my goodness. Like, there's nothing going on. Change it. Yeah, exactly. But as soon as I actually started to delve into the nitty-gritty of golf, I realized, wow, this sport is an art. This this is a skill that is it's so incredibly difficult. So do you play? I do play. Okay. I do play, yeah. How long have you been playing for? Uh, on and off for, like, my whole life. But Really? Okay. The past year and a half, I've been really, really into golf. Nice. Like super into golf. Would you do the golf team? Yeah, I'm gonna try school? out Are next you really year. Next yes, year. yes. Exciting? Hopefully, it is exciting. But um, yeah. So, along with that love for the game, I also f- I I fell in love with learning about the p- specific players. Mm-hmm. And for an English project this year, I needed to read a book, an autobiography, right. not an autobiography, a nonfiction book. Nonfiction. And I'm like, all right, screw it. I'll I'll read a book about Tiger Woods. Uh, by Michael Bomberg. It was Inside the Second Life, or just the Second Life of Tiger right. Woods. Wonderful book. I recommend it to anybody. But that really initiated my love for Tiger. And then the rest was history. So I'm going to throw the floor to you. What sparked your love for jo- Jordan and Kobe? Quite literally. So Kobe passes away. May you mm-hmm. rest in peace. Absolutely. And I sort of... This always tends to happen when when big names show up in media. I sort of, sort of gravitate them towards a little bit and, and try to figure out well who were they, what what was going on, why are, why are they significant, and so I knew about Kobe from that initially. As we mentioned previously, I'm not the craziest basketball fan. I never really have been, but I've always been fascinated by the sport. So that's my little introduction to Kobe. The the Jordan, I mean, 
everybody knows Michael Jordan. That's true. Everyone does. Everybody knows Michael Jordan. And you have the Last Dance releases in 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't watch it because, as I said, not the craziest basketball fan. I watch it two years later. I watched it a few months ago. During, I was on a very big SAT prep grind. And, you know, I, I was also watching sports documentaries, and they sort of give you that inspiration that you need to put into a work ethic like that. Oh, I'm sorry. That why makes you, me giggle because I'm in that same grind I right know. now. It's a grind, dude. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. so get back to it. Sorry. Right, so I'm in, I want to say February, January. I, I watch it one day. Just, you know, I got nothing to do. I, pu- I put the last dance on, I and I'm immediately hooked immediately by his story and by everything i finish it, and this is at the height of my of my sat prep grind as well and just seeing the level of obsession from both kobe and michael but in the last dance especially from michael just the the want the desire to be the best to give everything and to get that out of your your teammates as well taking everything personally i i really got a lot from that necessity for motivation and that drove me personally to put that little extra work in for for the SAT so come game day March 12th, 12th uh I was I was locked in for those who were there what did I come dressed in he came dressed in very very nice attire yes button down shirt khakis mm-hmm. dress shoes jack was ready he was yep. locked in that was my uniform that was game day for me so that's that's my stuff uh, with Michael Jordan. That's how I started it. Awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. So what's been going on in the Masters? You you've been watching them? I, have, I obviously have not. I have been watching the Masters. Yeah, I Jack. I was. We had to do multiple choice cra- uh, oh, practice true. questions in AP, in AP Lane today. Correct. And uh, I spent half the block watching the Masters <laughs> on my computer. Uh, my score on the multiple choice reflected that. But hey, the Masters is more important. Right. And so the Masters today, we, I think. As we are recording, Scotty Scheffler, Scheffler was in the lead at four under. Mm-hmm. Following him, I think it was a, a pool of guys. We have uh, Hideki Matsuyama, guys like that. And um, Scotty Scheffler is the number one ranked uh, golfer in the world. Um, he's a great player. Right. But this is his first year on the PGA where he's actually won a tournament. Oh. So for listeners at home, Scotty Scheffler was part of the 2021 Ryder Cup team for America that won. Mm-hmm. But on the team, he was the only player to not ever record a PGA win. Okay. He comes into the 2022 season, wins three PGA Tour um, events, and wow. comes into the Masters at the number one ranked player in the world, which many predicted because Scotty Scheffler was already a great golfer. And right. He's still pretty young. He's like 25-ish. So he's in the lead. My guy, Tiger Woods, I'm pretty sure he's he's one over right now, one or two over right now, which is really good considering he hasn't played professional golf since 2020. Because he had that big accident, right? He had another big accident in uh, February of uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. He came back around uh, November of 2021. He played with his son, Charlie, in the PNC, champ- or whatever that is. It's not right. like an actual professional event. And mm-hmm. he comes to the Masters, and this is his first professional event back and this seems a lot similar to the 2019 Tiger Woods. Tiger really? Woods came back from another long period off from golf. I d- actually, I do remember And that. he won his fifth Masters green jacket That's right. in 2019 at Augusta. Mm-hmm. I have that poster of his of that iconic fist pump in the air with his putter in the air with that red shirt because we wear red on Sundays, folks. 
it oh my goodness it was awesome yep it was awesome i do remember that because my uncle's a, r- a really big golfer and mm-hmm. i think we were down yep on the cape when that was happening so yeah all the time. yeah I, I wish i was really into golf then because mm-hmm. i'm sure that would have made me cry right. I'm, I'm an emotional guy yeah, a lot of things I, make we're, me cry yeah a lot of things make me cry um but yeah so scotty shelfer's in the lead right now but mm-hmm. obviously cuts haven't happened yet uh, i think the cut right now is three over but mm-hmm. once the weekend starts that's when things really start to get down and up, dirty. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Amen's corner is playing difficult. The course is playing difficult this week. Right. Super windy, super unpredictable. Obviously, you got fast greens. Amen's corner, a lot of water hazards, a mm-hmm. lot of unpredictability with playing at Augusta. Super, super fun. Super duper fun. Exactly. To encounter. Exactly. So, uh, let's let's go into that because the reason I believe that we admire these great athletes is because of their willingness to face conditions like those and sort of the lessons and morals that they teach as I was discussing. Absolutely. So I want you to go into that a bit right now, if if you're willing. Yeah, I mean, Tiger has always faced adversity his whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously, as a minority in America, he's playing a predominantly white sport that held racist attitudes up until recently, really. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, he came in. he He was a child prodigy. And how often do child prodigies succeed? He was on the news at two, three, five years old, just him showing people how well he can hit a golf ball. And he's one of the only people I've seen that can actually put that into fruition. And he lived up. He's the best golfer to ever play the game. And here's what I'm getting into. Tiger Woods has suffered tremendous amount of injuries, especially in the latter half of this year. Tremendous. Tremendous. He had... His whole entire back was messed up. He has... I mean, I don't even know if he's human anymore, how much... You know... It's... How many... You have the car accident last year, right? Another car. There's been multiple Another, car accidents. I was say, there are multiple car accidents. Yep. His back was messed up. Now this time around in February, he messed up his femur. They thought we we're gonna have to amputate his leg, Jack. Like off? Off. His right leg. They thought his right leg would have been off, and now we see him playing in the Masters through pain. You can tell he's playing through physical yep. pain. He has played through physical pain before, especially in the latter half of his career. And he's still able to come mm-hmm. away with victories. It's incredible. I've never seen someone as talented, right. as poised, and as determined as Tiger Woods. Granted, he has some off the fi- off the course issues that Correct. sort of. But Correct. here's my thing: I'm not condoning those, but that also shows that these guys are humans. Mm-hmm. They make mistakes just like us. They are human beings. I almost wonder if you get to a certain level, and the extremities of vice sort of um way heavier mm-hmm. because you're so focused on one thing that the pendulum sort of swings total focus golf basketball soccer boxing whatever it is total focus and then when it swings back you need to release instead of swinging back maybe you'd go for a run or you you binge eat some people do that right the pendulum swings farther it's it's other vices a lot more extreme and, and i sort of wonder if that's that's part of the part of the cost of greatness i think also for tiger is he really didn't have a childhood mm. like he was thrown into the spotlight at such a young age right. all, all eyes were on him i mean he was the only person to win three um amateurs back to back to back um 
ever since he was a young kid, he was expected to be something great, which he lived up to. But mm-hmm. still, I mean, you see uh, with a lot of child celebrities, they also have maturity issues yep. as well, you know, because they don't have that lack of experience with regards to everyday life. Right. That, you know, me and you have, I mm-hmm. guess. The so. pressure weighs. Mm-hmm. The, pressure, the pressure. Definitely. The pressure weighs heavy uh, on a lot. Uh, speaking of pressure, child prodigies, someone coming young into the NBA having to deal with that stuff. Mr. Kobe Bryant. Mr. Kobe Bryant. So, I didn't, as I said before, my understanding of Kobe was rudimentary. I didn't understand how young he was. I didn't quantify that for me. 17. 17. Ben, mm-hmm. he was your age. Yeah, I'm, I'm 17 I think he right was like now. exactly your age, too, because he, like, he was like 17 going uh, senior year, things like yeah. that. Drafted. Mm-hmm. And that was crazy. I was watching an interview today with this trainer, who's Tim Grover, same trainer as Michael Jordan, actually. And that when Kobe got drafted, you want to talk about the, the sheer discipline and commitment to the craft. When Kobe got drafted, most players throw that, that party. Cody, Kobe, excuse me, 17 years old, no draft party, goes to work out. That's right. He's just, he's always in that mama mentality. That's, that's a real thing. And for me, that was, that was crazy. His, his work ethic was silly. Mm-hmm. The stories of him going into the into the gym, you know, it's four a.m. Pu- putting the reps in, and, and things like that. Just that that shows something that was just crazy about him. That absolutely, was, the desire to win was so fierce that it that it overpowered everything else. Uh, and in, I wonder if that is well that that competitive desire we've seen that also leak into other uh, aspects of life we'll s- switch over to Jordan right now is golf golfing this is yeah. this is like look at the look at the triangle we're creating I here. know Jordan and golfing um I don't know if you know a lot about that it was he was obsessive wanting to win bit. all the time and you know he would bet <laughs> real a money on money, some yeah. golf games and he would be pressed like legitimately totally upset not mostly i mean obviously yeah he lost x amount of dollars dollars that i would be crying if i lost but for him obviously is at at the time wasn't wasn't crazy amounts uh but probably most upset that he lost uh, of all things there's a scene in the last dance have you seen the documentary i have not seen the documentary so there's a scene in the last dance he's playing i think it's like quarters i guess is what it would be called with the security guards. And it's just you flip the quarter who can get it closest to the wall. That's all it is. And he's betting money on it. And he's losing. And he is tight. He's so uh-huh. upset. He loses. He's like, nah, let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. Uh, all these stories of just, you know, him taking it personally. Remember that meme? Uh, I, 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 that's like that's a little household thing right now. I think it's, I think it's pretty funny. Uh... When J- Magic Johnson talked trash during a Dream Team match, Jordan destroyed them. <laughs> I mean, just it's just things like that that are just so inspiring. And that level of competition at the highest level for athletes is something, you know, for me that's, that's true inspiring. I want to get your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, I think it's inspiring, but I also think there's a fine line between inspiration and and also a little bit of I don't know how to exact I don't know the exact phraseology behind it, mm. but I mean, 
I guess the story you mentioned about Jordan, you said how he just kept betting on the flipping quarters right. game. Right. I think there's a fine line between being competitive and being thoughtful with regards to money because mm-hmm. obviously me and you are not very wealthy people. In comparison, in to, comparison to Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan Mr. Yeah, Billy the second there. best basketball player of all time. Second best is the first. LeBron, dude. LeBron. Okay. Okay. I I left I left something for next week. Maybe uh, who knows? Maybe. I maybe. Or later. Who knows? You have to bring Ben Butler onto that one. We would have to bring Ben the Butler into that sports one. Expert resident. Uh huh. Sports but yeah. So what was your question again? Can you repeat it? So it was just how do you feel about that high level of competition and that obsession to win? I think that plays a part into how you become great in any field. Mm-hmm. I mean, have we really seen a professional athlete who has? who has as uh, accomplished as say Jordan Kobe or Tiger who hasn't had this demeanor that they need to win every single time. I mean, feel good, play good, you do good. Right. And I think that same attitude carries into other facets of life. I mean, if you are going into things saying I'm going to do the best I can or I'm going to win, I think you have a better chance of actually accomplishing those goals and if you go in saying I'm going to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's not I'm going to do the best. It's like I'm going to be the best. Yeah, I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's, I find that interesting because it's almost a bit of an ego trip, Mm -hmm. but it's a tactical one. That was something that's obviously hugely apparent. Michael Jordan, as I said, took everything personal. Okay, that's, okay, he has a big ego, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but no, let's, let's take a step back. Why is taking it personal? Why does that work? When you... Hit something on a personal level, on on a different plane than just sort of outside of yourself. It's not an attack, just in general to attack. It's not about just winning. It's about dominating. Kobe said it was about getting vengeance. Michael took that stuff personal. I don't know what Tiger stories. I'm sure I would hope you'd be able to elaborate on that a bit. Of Tiger stories with regards to like competition, right? Yeah, fierce competition. Um, I don't know the direct competitions, but I do know Tiger's uh, persona on the course has drastically changed. Mm. When he was younger, um, he was very, very stern. Like he would be, like you said, absolutely pissed if he didn't win. Mm-hmm. And that would often reflect his congratulatory remarks to his opponents that did win. Right. And this change in Tiger Woods is one of the greatest hum- human changes with re- with just how people go about their lives because he turned, he went from being someone who was quite stern when mm-hmm. congratulating um serious yeah serious excuse me and then he turned into someone who was very 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 heartwarming mm-hmm. um his remarks are very sincere genuine he just looked like he was a new person he was a very genuine guy stand up guy who actually was very very happy for those that beat him because he right. he realized that everyone wants to accomplish what he has and everyone has their own goals and he was just happy that someone accomplished their own Mm-hmm. Whether he did it or not, it didn't matter because he knew that someone else felt that same sense of joy that he once did. And I think that is a really powerful thing because Michael and Kobe, from what I understand, they never really had that same. Michael was courteous. Michael, mm-hmm. you know, he's very charismatic. He, you know, the Be Like Mike commercials and all that. Yep. He couldn't have any of that stuff without being a good sport. And I would definitely say he was sporting, but his desire to win and the pain he felt after losing, that always showed up a bit. And for Kobe, you know, same same thing. And 
I've sort of struggled with that concept because I want to be like, okay, these guys are reaching the heights of, of their athletic careers through intense competition and obsession and the absolute frustration to lose. The, that money ball quote, yes, I was something to the effect of, yes, I love winning, but I hate losing even more. Yep. And what I take from that is how do you balance that with still being sporting because that was something I was raised up on a lot is that even if you win even if you lose you better be respected me as well or I'm gonna pull you off the field yeah me as well and I think what you just said about Tiger that transformation from the stern serious pissed off loser what not that, that he's a he's a winner loser. but he has yeah, lost yeah I when, know he, when he is losing yeah uh, to to the sport that is almost congratulatory. Reminded me of Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I remember. Yeah, his, his yeah. you know big big trash talker. Absolutely. Sell the fights. I mean, his stuff was also tactical. He maybe he had the ego, maybe he had the competition drive, but I know one thing he had was the marketing, and it was his voice, his persona that sold his fights. And then eventually, you know, he takes that break. He's a lot more congratulatory, which was interesting to see, and I, f- I found it very admirable. Absolutely, that he was, you know, so um, respectful towards Cerrone and then Poirier. I mean, obviously Poirier destroyed him uh-huh. twice. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I haven't been keeping up with the UFC. No, I'm not a US, I'm not a UFC. I'm not a big either. UFC guy, but I remember listening to that. That like he broke his leg, and I was like, I, he's done. He's yeah, done. but I, I yeah. still was very admiring of that of that change as you said from that stern competition to to sports to a more sportsmanlike more uh joyful approach not necessarily the losing respect that's the word i Mm -hmm. want the respect towards the other players and i i think that's a really powerful lesson that you should take away from probably tiger right yeah it's it's that transformation Uh uh-huh absolutely Mm -hmm. i think that was the most uh impactful thing i read in that book was just seeing the personality change within the man that i really you know was influenced by Mm -hmm. so it was really awesome to see you think that's i think that's pretty good on on the the tiger and then jordan kobe thing what do you think you have a little bit more to say i mean for them it's just Actually, let's let's take a step back. So we talk about the competition. Yeah. We talk about the strategic ego to take it personally and, you know, get the extra motivation. Yep. We, we talk about all of that. But we sort of touch on it briefly in, in spurts, the, the humanity of the people. I made that reference before about the pendulum. You talked about how he didn't really have a childhood. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that I feel like sometimes doesn't get acknowledged. And that's for me especially. I'm actually, I'm putting the other segue in my head as well. But I, I want you to sort of, what do you have to say about, you know, remembering that these people are human beings. I know they're incredible, but, you know, they're, they're human at their core. Yeah, they are, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's touching. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's awesome to see people because oftentimes when people idolize celebrities they also they almost put this on put them on this category of not being human at all which like is inhumane not inhumane but they're just they're just not real human beings right but once we see the actual faults of people we idolize it's i mean it's sad but it's also a little bit impactful in in terms of us learning that these people 
are just like right. this. They make mistakes. They learn. And to see Tiger correct his mistakes and to learn from his mistakes and to employ these these new methods of talking to people was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was just awesome. Yes, the idolization, mm-hmm. the pedestalizing, is something I genuinely have come to terms with that. It's actually the worst possible thing you can do, yes. in my opinion. Yes, no, I agree with for that. For any human. I I don't know what it was. I was. It was stuff coming out about some celebrity or whatnot. I literally, in like a creative fit, if you will, a fit of inspiration. Uh-huh. Mm. I just sat down at my typewriter. Yeah, I use a typewriter. Yeah, don't add me. I just sat down at my typewriter and I banged out a little thing. And I think the first thing I wrote was, "There are no gods amongst men." Absolutely. And, and the big thing was that if you worship people, worship people, human beings, you will always have your expectations shattered. Yes, there are people you can admire. Tiger Woods, Michael yeah. Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you know, all these people that should be admired for their successes and sh- deserve the praise for what they've done for the world and, you know, for the incredible talent that they have. But you need, need to keep in mind their faults that they are human. Absolutely. So that way when something breaks, like the Michael Jordan gambling scandal, that you're not fully taken aback and fully shocked by it. I just idolizing people and, uh, and like putting them above the law or putting them above human beings. That's, you cannot do that. That's something that's fundamentally wrong with uh, some cultures here in the West where they put these people and they quite literally defend them with such uh, passion as which, you know, I'm not adding your passion. I'm not adding your uh, admiration of these people. Mm -hmm. I am simply criticizing the intensity of which you have to protect someone that you are putting above yourself not as a human but as a deity yep and i think that is something that people should not overlook and should always keep in mind there's a an author and podcaster retired every so i brought him up last episode jocko willink it was something to the effect of kill your idols there's no need to worship people it's in i believe it's in discipline equals freedom which is which is a really good book i actually have to should probably reread that um and it, it was just talking about yes you can admire people admire their strengths yep. take what they're good at but notice their weaknesses you want to crush those weaknesses notice the weaknesses in yourself sort of to to evolve as a better person and i think that's what these high level athletes can teach you which is conquering adversity the weather conditions on the golf course Kobe Bryant had injuries to his knees. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan with, you know, the unfortunate passing of his father. That was a really big struggle for him in his career. So conquering these adversities, maximizing your talent in a given field to where you are uh, 
in the debate, if not unquestionably the greatest of all time. And it's it's that lesson of, you know, conquer that adversity, maximizing that talent, which these athletes really bring to us. But that does not mean that they should be idolized. Definitely. Um, I personally never had like, a problem with idolizing anybody. Mm-hmm. I'd say the closest I've been to idolizing someone was Tiger, but it wasn't really an idolization. It was more so of just being very, very respectful of what he's done mm-hmm. while also considering all the faults and the mistakes he's done and recognizing that, hey, you know, it's incredible to see this man's journey, and that's what I idolize. Mm-hmm. I idolize the journey he's made, not him as a person, but how far he's come in his life to be from, from someone who, you know, cheating on his wife, all those scandals with drug use, everything like that, to winning the Masters in 2019 with his family there mm-hmm. and being just a very genuine guy. That's what I idolize, the journey of self-improvement. Right. That's, you know, that's the most impactful thing, really. Definitely. And, you know, that provoked a question for me right now, which is, are high-level athletes sort of the greatest example of humanity? That's a tough question. What I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I'm going to ponder for a little bit. Yeah. Do you have an answer to it? Um, I would say they have to be up there. I was going to say no, but they're up there as well. I, I don't know if I can confidently say these are, this is humanity. If uh, you know, aliens come. What's humanity? And then I just throw tapes of you know Michael and the biographies and all that of these great athletes. But I definitely would consider it because what do they have? Strength, uh, conquering adversity, dedication, dedication, talent, skill, uh, success, failure, conquering failure, conquering fear, mm-hmm. struggle perseverance all of these great qualities you know that humanity uh exists along with the bad ones the faults the the hatred the vengeance the anger uh, all that comes out in in sport as well which i think is why it's so captivating for for humanity in general Mm, there's something so just very very i don't even know i don't even know how to explain Mm -hmm. it's just something so impactful of just the nature of sports in general right but answering your question that you just asked me the first thing that came to mind was immediately no because i think there's other people who have made a bigger impact on actually changing the world for the better and then i thought of people who would be like on that same tier as professional athletes and i was thinking of you know professional writers Mm mm-hmm um, it's going to be pretty ironic, not ironic, but pretty iconic. Um, Scott, F. F. Scott Fitzgerald, right. however you pronounce it, you know, his struggles with alcohol use and everything. How he um, he had had so many faults along with so many triumphs in his, his wonderful books and works of art. And it also, his life also has failures as well, yep. which I think you mentioned, you know, it paints the narrative that all humans make mistakes and all yes. humans can learn from their past and become better. And um, so I really wouldn't know how to quantify whether or not athletes are the pinnacle of um, humanity. humanity really. Right. I don't think there is a pinnacle of, hum- of humanity. I don't think you can like definitiv- definitively put a group of people or someone that's like, hey, this embodies what humanity is right. perfectly. Because I think just 
that would everybody's story is just so different and nuanced that you really can't do mm-hmm. that. And well, Ben, what would those people be if we put them above all other people? They would be gods. And that would be idolization. That would be horrible. Yeah. Just full, just just a full circle. Thank you uh, for coming to our crash course philosophy. Crash, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, philosophy. I say we tune it back a bit. I think that's enough for um, sports and on human sports nature. And, yeah, no, I think that's a good. I think we had a good discussion uh, yeah. there. So, uh, yeah, I mean that was that was that was fun. That was fun. I hope somebody out there can take something from that and that we inspired you to look into some of these people. Yeah. I'm definitely probably going to check out Tiger Woods after this. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I'm, well, I, I mentioned before that I was fascinated, especially by his, you know, his ethnic background and makeup. Yeah. No, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. So you actually, you just brought up F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. And as I said before, probably nine times today, I was watching uh, Midnight in Paris, yeah. Woody Allen film, uh, today during study. And, you know, I had heard about it in like an interview with Tom Hiddleston, something like that. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'll check it out, because at the time when I first heard about it, I didn't know what F. Scott Fitzgerald was. Yeah. Well, we read Great Gatsby, we did all this, and, you know, I actually had some of basis to understand the, the figures in history that were uh, being displayed in the movie, so I started watching it, and, oh my god, it's actually Good. really, I think, I genuinely believe that you would really enjoy it i haven't finished yet i have like 10 minutes mm-hmm. left uh, i didn't get to finish in study but it it's just something about it for those who aren't familiar with the movie i know ben you're not familiar i'll just go over it. no i'm not so basically a struggling writers in paris and every night at, when he goes on a walk he has to go to a certain spot and then an old 20s car will drive by he'll get in the car and basically, he goes throughout the night meeting figures of history during Paris oh, that's in, awesome. in the 20s. And when I say that they make Paris look beautiful, <laughs> I genuinely, like, and not that Paris doesn't look beautiful on its own. Yeah, of course. But they really sold it to me. And I was sort of like, I, I want to I go right now. I want to book tickets. I have this little thing of places I want to travel to. England's at the top, then it's Italy, and then it was France, Paris, uh, Paris, specifically Paris. <laughs> and I was watching this movie, seeing the beautiful architecture, the, the just the classicness, the nostalgia, and then going back to the 20s with all the great writers and artists there, Picasso, Hemingway, Fitzgerald. Mo- I think Monet was in there as well. I was just fascinated and captivated and I I sort of said to myself at the end of this movie Paris might be my number one destination really which would be huge because we all know where's Jack going he wants to go to England to see Tottenham Tottenham Hotspurs that's right his his guys his club (laughs) man love the club we're we're doing well right now. I know uh, this is deviating from the Midnight in Paris, or I'll circle back to that. Let me just wrap that up. So, uh, yeah, it's just just really inspiring. Just talk about artists, writers, and all that in one place and definitely one great time period. The jazz, Ben. The jazz. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, 100% would recommend you check it out. But we want to circle back to Tottenham briefly. Uh, for all my Arsenal fans out there, I suggest 
that you uh, check the table. I should check the table now, put my money where my mouth is. But last time I checked, we got fourth place. You got fifth. Oh, because you lost 3-0 to Crystal Palace. That's tough. See you in the North London Derby. <laughs> I have a question. Go ahead. How does the re- Europa League and Champions League work? Because I know oh, the, the first okay. four teams from the Premier League mm-hmm. make it into the Champions League, right? Yes. But isn't the Champions League already occurring? Is that last year's? Okay. Final? Like I don't. I'm so, so the way it works that. is for Champions League qualification, it depends upon you know the country and things like that. So I think it's for the big five: Ger- Germany, Spain, England, Italy and france i think for the big five it's the top four countries qualify for next year's champions league next year's okay yep so does that mean that tottenham would qualify for tottenham next would, at the moment at the, when is when does the qualify. premier league season end it ends in like may oh yeah oh okay um oh god oh maybe june maybe june i can't oh, remember so arsenal's gonna come back it's entirely possible that arsenal could come back as they have a game in hand very let's, likely let's hope I wouldn't say very likely. Hey, I'm a West Ham United fan. You are decided, now, right? I decided. You picked it? Yeah. Declan Rice? I don't know. I just picked Manuel it. <laughs> Dude, I actually have to watch their it. games. You should. They were I having should. a they had a really good season uh, earlier on, but I think I think they got hit by some by some injuries. You were over when they were playing Tottenham actually. I was. Yes. Here's the thing. I didn't want to pick one of the mm-hmm. the, the contenders every single year cuz it's right. boring. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be just relegation that, fodder. I don't want to be a relegation guy either. Yep. Like, come on, that's boring as mm-hmm. well. That's just it's just too much for me. Right. I want this team that, you know, has the ability to make, you know, a Premier League bid or a Europa League bid, mm-hmm. but also remain highly competitive. Right. So I'm like, oh, it's got to be West Ham because they're right there. Yes, so like, they are. Right. So I should also elaborate. So the top four champions, like you, I just said that, right? Yeah. Europa League, It's I think it's split up different in each country. Yep. So, in country, you have the league, so the Premier League, La Liga. You have the League Cup, the League Trophy. Then you have other associated cups and trophies. Yeah, I, I'm familiar FA with that. FA Cup, yeah. uh, Carabao Cup. So, the winner of the FA Cup also gains uh, Europa League competition, which is sort of like the UCL Minor League, if, you, uh, if I want to equate it to something uh, American-like. And... Uh, so yeah, that works. There are a lot of ways that you can qualify for the ch- uh, the Champions League. If you win the Europa League, you qualify for the Champions League. The Champions League winner automatically qualifies for the Champions League. I gotcha. Believe, which you know that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and last year's champions were Chelsea, uh, who had an outstanding beginning of the season, and then they played Real Madrid this past Wednesday. Karim Benzema scored a hat trick. Chelsea lost. Wow. Three one to Real Madrid, which was you know, it's a big win for uh, for Real. Yep. <sighs> well, thank you for that because yeah. I, I had no yep. idea how that worked. Champions it, League. If you're going to pick a competition, Champions watch the League. Champions League. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So, who are you rooting for in the Champions League now? Because obviously Tottenham's not in it. Obvi- <laughs> thank you for reminding <laughs> me. <that. laughs> obviously. <laughs> so honestly. I might end up I might end up rooting for like Chelsea or Liverpool because okay. I'm going to go with Liverpool again, that, because that Massachusetts tie they're such a dominant team Mo Salah's yeah. having a great season I feel like he deserves it now does Liverpool have a lot of stars or are they just overall a really good team they are more of a good team than they are a good group of individuals okay alright perfect 
as opposed to PSG, which is yeah, a big group of PSG. individuals, not a great team. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, Liverpool have one of the best players in the world, Mohamed Salah, right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Egyptian king. Him, yeah. uh, Sadio Mane, winner of the African Cup of Nations against Mo Salah, fun mm. fact. Uh, Diogo Jota has been playing out of his mind. This new kid, Bernal Diaz. Oh, I've heard is, of him. Is gross. I don't know how I've heard of him, but I have. Yeah. He's he's probably making a splash in the water. The stuff he does on the ball, the confidence. Uh, it's Oof. even if you don't watch the game, you can see that he's doing stuff with the ball that nobody else is doing, and he's so classy. About so, it. Clean. Yeah, so, so clean. Yes. So, so clean. So saucy. So clean. So saucy. Oh my goodness. Ah, uh, so yeah. There's one more thing I want to talk about. Yeah, bring it It up. just came to mind. This past week, like you mentioned with your midnight in Paris, you've been watching that and studying mm-hmm. everything. I have been really into documentaries. More specifically, mountaineering documentaries. Mountaineering. Even more specifically, mountaineering documentaries about tragedies. Climbing mountains like K2, Kilimanjaro, right. Mount Everest. It's really interesting. Okay. There's this fascination for me about Everest and K2 and all the, and these people who try to summit these mountains. Mm-hmm. I would never do it because I just I would freak out. I would have a panic attack. Talk about I would have a intense. Panic talk about overcoming adversity <clears throat> and intense, you know, discipline. Man. Absolutely. Go but, up a mountaineer. Um, the one I watched last night was really really intriguing, but also quite saddening it was about the 2019 Everest season so i'm not sure if you know this but no to climb everest is only a specific allotted amount of days yep it's in may or june i mm-hmm. think it's in may at most you have two weeks to climb to summit mountain other mm-hmm. than that the weather is too poor that it'd just be death know, sentence yeah it'd be a death sentence so you in 2019 there was only three days in which you could climb everest safely not climb summit everest Everest safely wow mind you there is probably 800, 900 people a year who are making the summit mm-hmm. push. And you spread those people out over a two-week period. So you don't have these such big groups of people all climbing to the top of Everest. Right. Mind you, in a line. Like, it's not all <laughs> yes, going right, right, In right. a line. 2019, there was like two to 300 people a day trying to summit Everest. Jeez. That is a recipe for disaster, and that's what happened because okay. people have there's a certain threshold, mm-hmm. um, an altitude threshold, which is called you're pretty much dying when you pass it because there's not oxygen in the atmosphere, right? Yep, to sustain your body, so you're dying like you are literally physically dying, mm-hmm. and so you carry an oxygen tank, and obviously that supplies you with the necessary oxy- oxygen to stay alive. Mm-hmm. But if you have two to three hundred people in one line trying to reach the summit you're moving so slow and you only have a specific amount of oxygen to, you know, make it up and back safely. People died because they ran out of oxygen because the lines were just so long. It was just such... Oh, my You get what I'm saying? Yep. I think there was 11 deaths in 2019. That's horrible. It is. It was one of the most deadliest um, climbing seasons for Everest. It was really saddening. Yeah. It was really saddening. That's... And then I watched one about K2. Okay. And K2, I think, is the hardest mountain to climb. Really? Yeah. Where is that? I want to say it's partly in Pakistan. Mm. It's around there. It's, I don't know if it's in the Himalayas or not. I don't okay. know. It Come on, be. geography, man. Well, I know. Where you at right now? Ranges. I mean, yeah, no. obviously, I mean, Matterhorn's in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. You know, Bhutan has mm-hmm. Everest. Right. But K2 is one of the 
most difficult mountains to climb, especially to summit because at the top of the summit, just before you reach the summit, there's this thing called the bottleneck, and that's one of the most ex- extremely difficult parts of the mountain to climb, mm-hmm. especially on K2. But the documentary I watched, there was such... all The people who climb K2 are professional climbers. Like, you don't have people... Because Mount Everest... It, you still need to train for it, but Obviously. you don't need that to be such a high-level climber to climb Everest in right. K2. But the thing with K2 is the whole group of guys that were climbing K2, their communication was just so off. Off. Ooh. Off. I don't know if it was because of a language barrier because you had guys from all around the world. Right. But their communications for such a highly skilled group of guys was really, really just interesting to see how the situation unfolded talk about team versus individual dynamics yeah yeah because when you're climbing a mountain with a group of guys it's actually more dangerous that's what i that's what the guy said in the documentary it's more dangerous because you have to account for other people and their missteps and how that can impact you rather than just being mindful of only you unfortunately there were some deaths but it was just super duper sad to see just it's just it's I don't know it's just something very sad because the bodies, like they don't decompose at that such high of an altitude. Yeah. So when people climb Everest and K two oh, again, oh you see yeah. the skeletons and stuff like that. No, not skeletons, Jack. You see the bodies. Just like the bodies. Yeah. Oh, because it's like cryo freeze. Like, yes. Like that. Yes. That's and it's really biblical, man. Yes, it's really. Fr- if you can't obviously get the if body, you cannot, right? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. No. So that's it's, that's an image. I just think there's a lot of emotional trauma for it, such seriously. high Seriously. Seriously, just from seeing and witnessing friends die. It was just like, I was watching in bed before I went to bed, and I'm like, I should not be watching this at this time. Right. I was, I was close to tears again because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an emotional guy, but it was right. just, I couldn't imagine being in their place That's and watching, something like, watching people, their, yeah. their peers die right in front of their eyes. Can you imagine, you're climbing up, this is what you've been training for, you're going up every step closer towards the summit, body, body. I don't know if it's like that, but but can, like that's yeah. the image that I'm conjuring up. But for me, that's I don't think it's like that. Crazy. But still, like you can find the body up there, and then knowing that if you see your friend in help or you see your peer in help, you're not always going to be able right. to save them. You're right there. You're in their presence, but at that at that point, it's really just risking two lives. Yep. So it was just it was Put just on your really, it was mask first. That's what it this was really was. saddening, but also just something so fascinating. Yes. About feats of nature that are just I can't even fathom how big Everest is. It's right. just so fast. Something so fascinating and that draws me to it. I don't even know how to explain it. But yeah, that was just like my little rant on because I just want to talk about it. No, that's that's a great. Topic. I was talking I about mean, it with my science teacher today. Were you? Yes. Yeah. Mrs. Weymouth. Mrs. Shout Weymouth. out, Mrs. Weymouth. Yeah. No, it was just it's just an interesting oh, spectacle. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think we're moving towards conclusion. I think we are moving towards right, conclusion, so my friend. Well, hey, I want to do. Hey, oh. would you have one more thing to say, or can I say something uh, no, important? No, say something. I'm guest next week. We have a guest next week. Confirmed. Folks. I was confirmed. That's what I was gonna go for. Confirmed. We will have a guest next week. I'll let Jack take this one over because he's a good friend of Jack's. Mm-hmm. I met him just at the start of this year, Jack. Yep. So, uh, next week, we're scheduled for the Titan Mammoth. The one and only. The Beast, Mr. Justin Ho. Clap, 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 clap. And the the applause roar. 
Uh, we're excited to have Justin on. I don't think we have a topic picked out yet. No, but we'll get that hammered we'll down. Get we'll, there. we'll figure it out. Justin has some interesting perspective, articulate points. Definitely. Big volleyball guy now. He's a big volleyball guy yes. now. Ed, Brilliant kid. I already know what the thumbnail for the Instagram post is going to be. <laughs> and it has to be that. It will be it that picture. Be that I know picture. what picture you're talking about. It has to be that, that picture. That will be up there. Don't worry. We got to... Dude, we should go... We, I want that to go viral so bad. Just make it into something. Just, we should do a live podcast. Live? Well... <laughs> that's stupid. How does that work? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you that through. What if we go to one of Justin's games while we're recording? Oh, like sports comedy. Yeah, oh, like that would be no, so cool. Oh yes. We're just we're just sort of. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't There's know. A, it was a better idea a, in my yeah, head. Right, right, and then right. I maybe like ca- like casual interview type things at like watch it like a watch it game or something. That would yeah, be interesting. Maybe. I know Let's there's see. a content creator watch it does like a one minute podcast and you he just gets a uh, Sneeko. Oh. Uh, he just gets you know people from New York subway and he asks them like he asks them way more controversial questions. Oh, he and mentioned Sneeko last than week. We, yep. Yep. Then we talk about, um, because you know he has a he has a bigger platform and. Mm-hmm. and uh, not as much risk as we do. What do you, know you mean? What I'm about? Oh, with yeah. our future and Riff stuff. future and, and things like that. You know? I hate cancel culture. It's it's brutal, but it's real. It is it's, real. It's real. It's, it's something we have to be mindful of. Yep. So as we as we close, look forward to uh, Big Man Justin Ho next week. Yep. We got a lot of positive reception. We did for the podcast. We also t- we got we took that negative reception as well. Not mm-hmm. critiques. We have two microphones right. now. We're hoping the audio sounds better and sounds cleaner. Yes, please let us know. I mean, we'll obviously listen to it, but we want to know from your guys. We stayed well. on a particular subject for longer than two mm-hmm. or three minutes, if that. And um, I thought we provided some pretty good insight today. I did too. I thought this was... This had a lot more, I would say, substance. Substance, I would substance yeah, yeah, exactly. Great minds think alike. Exactly. And uh, then the last one. Not that the last one wasn't fun. I thought the last, the last one, one was fun. fun. Yeah, yes. the last one. I kind of like... So, I think we'll mix it up. Yeah, you know? I kind of like bouncing back and mm-hmm. forth between everything. I think it's more of a natural conversation. Right. More so than like being mindful right people to stick on the same subject for a certain a lot of mm-hmm. period of time yeah we're not like held by any segments or sponsorships and things like that no, we can no. do we can do hopefully in the future maybe <laughs> hopefully Possibly. in the future monetization exactly. that would be awesome hey we can monetize the podcast yeah, we could do that yeah we'll so you, you, you guys might be hearing some ads about anchor that's entirely possible shout out anchor shout out anchor by the way yep. this is this is how this is all possible not sponsored right now but oh we can be i can join that thing I can join that puppy. We could do that. We could do that. Well, they'll find out. We'll find out in post. Yeah, we will. So, if you have any topic suggestions, either let me and Ben know in person. Comment, I'm assuming, on the Instagram. DM me on the Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'll start getting that working this week. I'll reach out to the the community, start following you guys. I haven't really done much on the Instagram at all, but Mm -hmm. this is the week because I'm ready to get into this. I am too. I'm ready. I'm ready. First episode. Good start. pilot episode, yeah. See how things went. Second episode. Good improvement. Good improvement. We Third have a good episode, vision. Bring in the guests. Bring in the guests. If you want to be a guest, also let us know. DM, DM the Instagram. I know yep. we have some people that want to be guests on the podcast. I have quite a list right now. I've Jack does have quite like a list. Eight people, man. He does. With associated topics as well. So He does. You know, it's a VIP list at the it moment. It is a VIP list, guys. Yep. I don't have anybody, but. Oh, yes, right. We have, we have a few people in mind. I think. This is going to be good. This is awesome. Yep. And with that being said, Jack, until next time, buddy, take care. Goodbye.